Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. Dr. Homebrew. We're live in person, as far as you know. Maybe we're a giant tape of it. You never really know. We're here to talk homebrew. And with me, of course, are the two Brians. Brian and Brian. Brian, how are you? Hello. How and are Brian, I? how are you? I'm good, JP. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm glad you guys uh, figured out who I was speaking to. I'm I'm number two. I know that. That's my place. <laughs> well, I'm cool with that. Get, you're never going to get to number one with that attitude, Brian. <laughs> Why would I want to get to number one? I'm number two. That's true. <laughs> I mean, again, great points. You make really good points. <laughs> <laughs> number two is definitely more substantial than number one. I would say. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. It's probably at, at, at yeah. times. Yes. <laughs> solid kind of. Uh, Number two doesn't have to run through airports. Number two tries harder for the really old listeners. Yeah. Um, Welcome, everybody. So we have a couple homebrewers to drink today. The first one is an Italian Pilsner from our friend Mark. But before we get there, I want to remind you guys about our fine sponsor, Five Star. Go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn every possible way to clean and sanitize your homebrewing equipment. And by each and every way, I mean the only way that's possible, which is clean it first and then sanitize it. And uh, I love Five Star. We've, we've used Five Star for a long time here. Uh, actually, ever since they, they hit the homebrew market, I was using them at, at More Beer. And, uh, it's, they're, they're really great stuff. It's really great stuff, really great people. Um, I just got a, another five-pound order from uh, More Beer of PBW because I use it. I don't brew anymore but I still use PBW because it's that good of a cleaner. So yeah. uh, check it out if you're, if you're not already using it. Use the five-star products. If your local homebrew shop doesn't have it, please ask them to carry it. That would be really great if they don't or can't for whatever reason, especially now. Things are tight. People aren't trying to take on new stock. Uh, you can order it from various places, you know, like our sponsors. So anyway, fivestarchemicals.com. Check it out. You know what, JP? When this whole COVID thing is over, yes. we should all get together and brew something. Sure. And maybe we'll judge it on the show. Maybe. I, Sounds good. My uh, preferred method of collaboration is is email. <laughs> you email me a recipe and I brew it. Yeah, but basically, yeah, like we just go around and you know it's distance collaboration. I'm pretty good at it. Just you know, COVID aside, so yeah, uh, that might have that might happen, but uh, <laughs> you know, we'll see. I don't know, man. I'm just thinking yeah, that could good. be good content for sure. What are you thinking about? What style are you thinking about? I haven't thought that far ahead. Oh damn! Okay, well, I mean, it is like a year away, so we have Some, something wet with like carbonation. Uh, already, I'm, I'm against it. <laughs> already, already okay, I'm. then then a good then a goose. Well, we'll do sure. a goose. All right, we'll do a goose. A, a, a goose that'd be great. Um, okay, well, hey, let's get to our first guest. Uh, Mark, are you there? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's going on, dude? Hello, oh, hanging in there, loving that shirt, Brian Cooper. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for <laughs> Frank Cooper is shilling for Left Hand Brewing Company right now. Nice. <laughs> it's my only clean shirt. I just got it from JP the other day and washed it. Mm. So, yeah. No. Nice. Good timing. <laughs> so, Mark, man, how long have you been uh, homebrewing? Um, I've been brewing for quite a while. Um, a little over a decade now. Okay. Wow. 
pretty hardcore. I try to brew about every three weeks. Um, been going, been growing strong that that whole time. About about every three weeks, got to keep the got to keep the taps full. Well, you've been brewing about every three weeks for ten years. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, my homebrew club, wow. I'd love to show up correct. So um, <laughs> I'll usually roll through my, my club meetings with, you know, three to five growlers and, you know, I take beer to work and, you know, with the election right now, I'm just trying to stay drunk. So mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. All, all of us here. What's, what's your homebrew club? Uh, I'm part of the wise guys here in Loveland, Colorado. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Very good. And this Italian Pilsner. Now, this is sort of a, a you know relatively new beer, I guess, on the scene, on the craft scene, thanks to Pivo Pils from Firestone. Last what five years or so? I've never heard of an Italian Pilsner before. Is it something that you've done before, or is this a, a new attempt at this style? No, definitely first attempt. And yeah, I'm I'm definitely familiar with Pivo myself. It, it's an amazing beer. Um, I, I do a little sensory stuff for a craft beer and brewing magazine. And okay. we were doing a panel on, it was just, um, you know, crispy boys. And um, there's a, there's a brewery out of Chicago hot butcher and they had this beer. It was a Floletto and it just literally blew my mind. And I looked it up as soon as I got home that evening and I was like, I got to brew something in the space. So yeah, first time brewing it. Okay. Very good, man. Very good. Well, let's, uh, Let's crack into it. Let's crack it. Yeah. What do you guys think? I'm excited now, and I appreciate you uh, sending enough beer so Brian can deliver it to my house, man. And I, I love the labels, the classic, uh, you know, hello, my name is stickers. That's, not, that's a good label. Yeah. Who's going first? Brian Cooper. Why don't you go first? All right. You always start with me on the first show of the night. I do? Uh, yeah. Oh, man. That's okay. okay. Well, I got top filling. There you go. Brian That's right. won. That's right. <laughs> um, so in the nose, I'm getting a medium, pleasant, bready malt up front with a medium low kind of herbal hop aroma alongside that. No obvious esters. Um, getting hints of a honey-like malt impression. Um, thinking perhaps there's some slight oxidation here. No diacetyl or acetaldehyde. Just a little touch of sulfur, but not overwhelming. Uh, not corn-like, really, just a little little light whiff of some sulfur, as you can get in some lagers. It's, it's, it's a component of a lot of them, especially, uh, you know, you got a lot of pills malt going on, and there you go. Sometimes it, sometimes it pops up, um, but not too heavy, so that's nice. Uh, it pours a somewhat hazy, kind of ambery, well, not this one's less ambery than the sample I had last night. I think it's a little, little lighter. Um, the one I had last night was a little ambrier and I think it had more of that honey like quality to it. So I, I think I'm like, I'm getting some bottle vari- variation here for sure. Hmm. Um, and, and it's, this sample is also less hazy. Make sure I got the right bottle. Yes, I did. <laughs> um, mm. the head just kind of, uh, fell, fell flat pretty quickly. There was a, some finer and larger bubbles that popped up and just dissipated almost immediately after pouring. Um, I don't know. I'd probably give this one a two for appearance. The one I had last night was hazier and darker. I gave it a one, but I might calm up a little bit. Um, the malt is bready and toasty in the flavor at a medium level um, with a very low hop flavor. This one, the hop is actually popping through a little bit better on this sample to me. I'm getting a little, a little herbal and spice, spicy hop character in there. 
uh, maybe a little floral. Uh, the bitterness is medium low, kind of out of the way. It's not super substantial. Um, clean lager fermentation seems uh, definitely well lagered. Um, the, the sample I had last night seemed a bit uh, stale. Maybe Brian, if you have a, a second bottle, if you if you judged it earlier, you might want to open another one too and taste the bottle again. <laughs> That's um, I got some variation here for sure. Um, there was a there was a little kind of pepperiness in there, suggesting some alcohol. I thought uh, the balance is slightly to the malt, and uh, but this one the hops popping up a little better. Um, I think sometimes when you get a little oxidation in a bottle, it can make the the beer seem maltier and heavier and, and uh, uh, just kind of more dulled. So uh, things like hops will get covered up by that kind of flavor. Um, finish dry and you get a little maltiness with some hoppiness in, this, in the aftertaste on this one. Just a hint of that honey-like flavor in this though too, but not, not too bad. Um, Mouthfeel-wise, it's a medium light body with low alcohol warmth i i feel something just a little warming in there a peppery it might might there's it's not you know it's definitely not carbonation because you know there's such a low carbonation that it's still it's not really spritzy um but it's almost like a carbonic like thing it's interesting to me there's something a little biting on it off there's some higher alcohols in here pushing up a little hot impression or it's just something there's a little something a little peppery in the flavor and something a little sharper in the mouthfeel here that's poking out at me, but, uh, not very creamy either. That's okay to style, but, um, yeah, carbonation should definitely be a little higher here. We got a little straight, slight astringency as well. Uh, overall, this is a good beer, a very well-brewed beer. Just it was a, the sample I had last night was a bit too malty and dulled, uh, to work well as a, as a crisp Italian Pilsner. Um, I thought I could use a little more CO2, and, uh, you know, be, be careful that O2 pickup at, at all stages is something, all stages past fermentation, something just got in the way of that one. This one's better. This one definitely is, has got a few points on the one I judged last night. Well, also, I was in a bad mood after watching the debates. I mean, who wouldn't be? Mm, <laughs> um, Jesus. Why, do you watch, why do you watch that nonsense, man? You're just gonna, there's no upside to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I put it on mute and just turned on like some Laurel and Hardy audio and it does the same thing. <laughs> um, you know, uh, this one, I would say it does have more of that um that pilsner uh the italian pilsner kind of crispness and a little more of the hoppiness that you want so it's it's better um yeah i think um definitely add some bottle variation but needs some more you know uh uh if you add more carbonation though it might make the the harsh edges a little rougher too so i think you know maybe there's something that went on in the ferment that brought up something kind of a little pepperier and and, and more uh, biting and sharp or astringent in there, but um, I don't know. It's an interesting beer. It's 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 a it's a good beer. I gave it a uh, actually creep, creeping up into very good. I gave it a thirty last night, and I would give this one probably more like a thirty-three ish. I think it's a little bit better. Nice. So I don't know if, if you get any bottle variation, Brian. Uh, uh, let me know. But if yours are hazier and darker, I mean we're, we're in different light situations, but. This is not what the one I had last night looked like. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Headwise, yeah. To your alcohol <laughs> comment, I, I get I get some alcohol pepperiness in there also. And I don't know. I think you were pretty right on, Brian. With yeah. all that. Uh, Brian Shar. 
please, yes. your dissertation on this beer, please. Well, it'll be a short dissertation. Uh, I have to agree with Brian. There was some bottle variation. I judged this uh, late this afternoon and opened another bottle just now. And there is there are some differences, primarily with regard to carbonation. This The first bottle was really highly carbonated. And this one is more like the bottle that, that Brian had, uh, had, had judged in terms of carbonation. Uh, I'm not really familiar with the style. I had to do some research this afternoon. Uh, and I probably should have done some more research than I did. But I spent some time trying to track this down. This is not an official... BJCP style. Uh, but from the research I had done, uh, it seems to be like a German pills with more dry hopping. And I tend to trust Matt Brindleson. I've never met the guy, but I know he's a friend of the Brewing Network and he's always knowledgeable and very smart guy when he's, he's on the session or any of the shows. Uh, and especially when it comes to hops, the guy really knows what he's talking about. And he said that he was inspired by Italian Pilsner to brew the Pivo Pils. And in more than one location, I found the description of the style being kind of a dry hopped German Pils. So I judged this just so that we all know as a 34C, which is experimental. It's kind of the catch-all. And then I, uh, in my special ingredients line, I stated based on 5D German Pils. So for better or worse, that's how I, I approach judging this beer. Uh, aroma. Aroma was uh, sort of a malt-forward, low-pills aroma. Uh, it was missing the dry-hopped, hop-forward aroma to me. Uh, there was maybe a little, in, in the second more recent one that I opened, I maybe get a low-floral hop, but I really didn't get much hop aroma in the first bottle at all. No off aromas. So there's nothing objectionable, which is good. Gave it a 7 out of 12. Appearance, uh, it's a golden color. Uh, This is showing maybe a little lighter on the webcam than it's sort of showing to me. But this one's actually a little lighter than the previous one. So uh, I probably might come up to a 30 overall. I gave gave this 2 out of 3 for appearance because the previous bottle that I had judged was really much more of a dark gold than this. Uh, Crystal clear, which is great. Low persistent head. Uh, I'd give this one three out of three. The previous one got two out of three. Flavor, uh, initial character is kind of medium to high malt. It's, this is a little more Pilsner character. The previous bottle almost had more of a two row character to me than Pilsner for flavor. Uh, But I got a slight cardboard and I had wondered, I'm not getting as much in this one. And I wondered if the previous bottle, but this one still has some cardboard. And I had wondered if perhaps the previous bottle in particular, and also maybe this one a little bit, might be older, might be aged. And maybe some of that pills character is falling out to, to cardboard and oxidation. Uh, medium hot bitterness, not really much hop flavor. Really well attenuated. The balance is toward malt in a long finish. Uh, I got in the previous bottle a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a grape character almost, I and that, I get yeah. that in this too. There's like a like an estery grape, like a grape ester, and I thought for a moment maybe this is that Italian grape ale that's one of the X styles, but no, that's that's not it. Uh, <laughs> Italian grape ale, and I get 
you know, the pepperiness that you were talking about, Brian, I, yeah, there was something that I, I was getting before and you said that pepper, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's definitely there. Uh, so 10 out of 20 for flavor, primarily because it lacked the kind of assertive hop flavor that I wanted uh, from what I understand to be this style. Mouthfeel, five out of five. Uh, although I, I probably should give this more of a four. I thought the body was really full. The previous bottle, the bottle, the body was definitely full, much bigger than I expected from a Pilsner. This one is even a little bit, a little bit higher body than I would want. Uh, carbonation, medium to high in the previous bottle. This one's kind of low. For the sake of not having to adjust things on the fly, I'm giving you my score for the previous bottle. I'm not going to go back and try to adjust, you know, 15 things on the fly here. It's more perky than creamy. No astringency or or warming. Gave it a five out of five for mouthfeel. Overall impression, uh, I gave it a five. I think it's generally a, a good technical beer that's well made. And I may just be out of, out of the loop as far as what, styles are now some of the more super recent styles uh i thought that at least the previous bottle that i had judged the darker color and the cardboard point to maybe some oxidation and some age uh i think that you know in terms of suggestions for improvement if this is an older bottle obviously as always just uh, enter it sooner especially for hop forward styles uh and if it's not i would based on my understanding of what the style is I would add some more uh, uh, flavor hops and uh, dry hop this with European hops for at least uh, two, three days toward the end. But for a total score of 29, which is good. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for sharing. And I want to hear uh, all about this beer. Yeah. And I've got a bottle in front of me too. Um, I I filled several of these and and this is fairly fresh from when I mailed this to you guys. Um, Just being real honest, I suck at my beer gun. <laughs> I suck at it. Um, yeah, dude. Well, so you're, I, you're not the only one. <laughs> if you're sucking on it, you're doing it wrong. I think. Yeah, uh, no doubt, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I just, I had such a hard time filling these bottles. I ended up with a bunch of low fills. So I kept, I kept the ones that were the lowest on my end. And, you know, Cooper, when you, when you were immediately saying, honey, honey knows, I, I picked up this same thing. And, yeah. you know, to consider that it, it then got on the back of a truck and, you know, traveled out to California and got shook up a whole bunch on the way. No doubt. I'm sure. Um, yeah, probably in the eighties or nineties when it was dropped off and who knows how hot it went. And, you know, thinking about like stuff on a homebrew scale, like, you know, dissolved oxygen, like that sucks. Cause I'm tasting this yeah. on my, on my tap system and the versus the beer that's in my glass uh, right now, it's a different beer. Um, but we'll be I, right over. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it almost sort of tastes Saisani. To that end, like that's how much peppery yeah. I out of it with peppery that peppery and fruity, yeah. yeah, yeah, with that higher alcohol, um, yeah. But I mean, but you can you can smell the beer, you can taste the beer. It's like sixty yeah. percent there. You can sort of pull out what you're. I think you're going for. Do you think? Yeah, you, we're. Do you guys we're not think tasting the same thing? He is. How, how hazy is yours, JP? Is it hazy, clear, no, dark, no, it's, or light? It's very clear, it's clear. but it is okay. like um, Coors Banquet color. Yeah, maybe a little darker even. But yeah, it's just that that pepperiness really weighs heavy. Do you guys think that this is? And you know, Mark, obviously, to me, it's your beer. You you chime in. But do you think this is it's process related solely, or do you think it's a recipe thing also, or maybe it's a combination of both, or what? How did we get here? 
just some age on the way here, probably, mm-hmm. and the bottles with the oxygen. It's it's a delicate beer. You 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 know you want to package it very carefully to yeah. to preserve what's there. And and he's tasting a totally different beer from his kegerator. So, to be, the side by side would be fun if we could do that, but we can't. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know that it's so much process and and uh, you know. Uh, Mark, you're probably a pretty good taster too. So, you know, you can tell us what, what do you get in the, what are the differences between your keg version and the, uh, maybe you said a little bit already, but. Yeah. I, I think the, the other thing outside of the de- definitely picking up on some oxidation, oxidation is one of, one of my sensitivities to, yeah. um, coming off of the keg. It's, it's definitely more of a, a lively, you know, prickly beer, um, some of those aromas are, are jumping out. It's, you know, you noted that it was dry. I'm, I'm definitely feeling that same way off of the tap system. Um, out of this bottle though. Yeah. I'm, I'm picking up some herbal. Um, I can, I can see where you kind of see in like some of that little bit of grape notes too. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Come on over. Let's, let's help me get <laughs> some of this. Uh, <laughs> Colorado's not too far. No. Yeah, just give us, just, t- just say your address here live on air and we'll be right over. Yeah. We'll send so, the BN helicopter right <laughs> over. Perfect. Yeah, all up. Well, what was your original gravity on this? Um, you know, original gravity was supposed to be 1055, but it ended up quite a bit higher than that. It was at 1063. So yeah. started pretty high, finished pretty low. Um, based off a of beer smith, uh, that's somewhere around seven percent. Oh, seven. Yeah, that seven percent explains some of the pepperiness <laughs> and prickliness. Yeah. What was your What was your final gravity? Ten ten. Wow, that's that's good. That's why it's very, comes across well attenuated. Yeah. What what yeast did you use? Uh, that was the uh, White Lads German German Lager yeast. Okay. Yeah, definitely the saison with the alcohol there, and the, yeah. like it just—I kept getting hit by, you know, the peppery alcohol, and, and um, it—it's a tasty, interesting beer with the fruitiness, the alcohol, and the hops that do shine through all that are are nice. And then the, the malt's just a little dulled in our our samples, but it's yeah. a fun beer. I could probably drink a lot of it off your tap there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take you guys through a recipe real quick. Yes, yeah, please, please do. Um, so there was only one one barley variety in this beer, and that was uh, it was a hundred percent Barca Pills, Barman Barca Pills. Um, I'd never used that before. Um, you know the folks down in Denver, um, Beerstadt Lagerhouse. That's that's pretty much exclusively what they use. So I, I I got my hands on a bag and I had to try that. So hundred percent Barca Pills, double decocted. Um, it had Magnum. Uh, for the bittering and then late at 10 minutes i hit it with an ounce each hollow tower saphir strisselspalt and tetanang and then fermented it out with this german lager yeast i typically do my lagers at like 50 degrees for the first couple days and then just start slowly bringing it up and then once i had completely fermented out um dropped the yeast out and um, in the keg, um, dry hopped it with the same hops, an ounce each uh, for five days. Oh. That's a lot of hop for how little is coming wow. through. <laughs> yeah, we should really be tasting or smelling and tasting those dry hops like that. And it's weird that we're not. And that kind of points to maybe heat or age or or something. Yeah, yeah. It went kind of herbal and just kind of died off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I got these off my front porch pretty soon after they got here. Uh, but it was still, I mean, it's been, hasn't been quite as hot as it has been lately, but it's been pretty warm around here. So maybe that was, you know, sitting in the FedEx truck or the FedEx location. Maybe, maybe. it just kind of got cooked. Yeah. I'll blame it on my, my inability to bottle. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a, a, you know, a, a conglomeration of, of several factors. I imagine the heat didn't help. So. No. It was fun to try the style and, and yeah. you know, send us some more in the winter maybe. And <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty stoked on it. Like, you know, hot yeah. Pilsner, like I'll, I'll drink that all the time. Like that's. Yeah. Yeah. We're still, you know, getting 90 degree days here. So it'd be, it'd be nice in the summer here yeah. late or early fall here now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, uh, Mark, do you have any questions for the boys? That we haven't touched on. Um, I mean, from a recipe perspective, is there anything else that you might recommend um, to make this to make this beer better? Outside of obviously some process issues on my end, I'm not familiar with that pills multi used. So uh, you know, maybe just step back and try it with like a, a wireman or something else, and yeah. just give it another shot. <clears throat> and uh, you know, if you need to, uh, if, if the hops are shining through fine in your keg, maybe leave those where they're at, or you could bump them up, but definitely make sure you get hit your gravity or, yeah. you know, water it down at the end. If you need to, to get that 10, 55 ish that you wanted, mm-hmm. that'd be a lot better. After the election. <laughs> uh, 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 you can never go wrong with wireman. I echo what Brian says. That stuff is amazing. And if you can you just get yourself some wireman pills, uh, and give that a shot and see what happens. Otherwise, I suspect it's just a packaging process issue. Yeah. Or you could yeah, try another local craft pills too, like a micro uh, uh, mal- yeah. maltster. Sometimes yeah. they have some really fine versions of, of you know continental malts that you can't really that don't have to travel because and they're because they're made here. But be picky about that too. <laughs> Taste it. Get, get you know reputation. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. All right, Mark. Well, Cheers. I appreciate it, man. We'll uh, we'll talk to you later, I think, right? Yeah. Got another beer coming on, I think? On the next show, yeah. On the next show. All right. Perfect. Cheers. Love it. Thanks, Mark. Mark. Thanks, dude. Cheers, guys. All right. Bye, man. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty good, but it was, yeah, it was just, there was something, something funky. So I'm hoping that he, uh, between now and the next time that he, he brews that, he learns how to use his, uh, his beer gun. Cause it's not, it's obviously not the equipment. We know, we know the, <laughs> the beer gun is solid. Um, yeah, yeah. but like with anything, it's, there's a learning curve. And so if yeah. this is, you know, one of his first times or whatever is what it is. Yeah. I'm terrible with the beer gun myself. Not that it's the beer gun's fault. It's the, it's user error. Right. And then it's, yeah, yeah it's 7%. That's just, it's 2%, two percentage points higher than you really want that beer to be. I agree. And it says a lot. He was getting the same things in his local beers that hadn't traveled, you know, yeah. however many hundred miles, uh, you know, hand carrying him here wouldn't have made a big difference. <laughs> no, for sure. All right. I'll tell you what, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. And I think we're talking with Tyler um, with a fest beer, right? Yeah. Is that accurate? All right. Hang it on, is. I'm going to get some of that in my glass. Yeah, me too. Uh, hang on, everybody. This Dr. Homebrew will be right back. Back to the examination. 
<laughs> hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Dr. Homebrew. Thanks for sticking with us. We have Tyler on the line. Tyler, what's going on, dude? Hey, in there, man. Just trying to survive every day, getting through it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Miller really, time. That's really just the mantra right now. It's like, well, we're just, uh, I don't know. I don't I honestly really know how it's going. We're both alive, and that's, uh, that's good. So you sent a Fest beer, which I love. This style is, uh, is so good. Actually, the other day, I finally got some Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest uh, in bottles, which I look forward to every year it's like that beer plus celebration this this time of year is my favorite time of year but you uh you've canned it i I mean i love i never thought when i first started homebrewing like the last well not last but the first eh, four or five years never dreamed that homebrewers would just be able to can beer yeah i remember being amazed you could put it in a bottle and have it capped and like officially (laughs) like look at this this is my bottle yeah like what the fuck is going on we can can beer now just you just go to more beer, you buy a canner, buy can, mm. you buy cans. You can buy cans there. And you can just that's it. Fucking trips me out. Anyway, uh, mm. is this the first time you made a fest beer before? It is, yep. Oh nice. Wow, we had two first first attempts today. I like that. That's my favorite part of the show is when people About, try uh, a different style. It's the first time they've tried it. Yeah. And they send it into us. What about lagering? Do you do a lot of lagers? You know, I just started getting into lagering. Definitely within the last year, but since March, uh, since lockdown started, that was kind of the primary focus of my brewing. It was really just dive yeah. into lagers. I had the time to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Well, Brian Cooper. No, excuse me. Brian Shar. Why don't you go ahead and, uh, and kick us off with this fast beer, please? I get to go first. Awesome. So, uh, Tyler, are you in a homebrew club? Uh, yeah. Um, I, uh, I guess I want to give a shout out to, uh, St. Paul homebrew club. Um, nice. recently moved out of, uh, Minnesota, um, down to Arizona. So I'm looking for a new homebrew club down in the, the Phoenix area, but uh, definitely a, a shout out to those uh, guys and girls up there. Cool. Yes. St. Paul homebrewers club made a run at club of the year, uh, not that long ago. And I think historically has been club of the year several times. Yeah, there's some heavy hitters, some really uh, strong uh, brewers, mead makers, and cider makers in that club. Yeah, Very a lot cool. of good mead. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I really liked this uh, this fest beer. Uh, I I I have to show everybody here for bottle inspection. If you can see it, I wrote "can" with an exclamation point because I never had a chance to do that before with homebrew. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. Wow, uh, it's a show. So of it's I love it's it. a can. It's lots of firsts. Uh, aroma. No, go ahead, Brian. I said it's hard to tell the, the fill level, everything you're supposed to comment <laughs> on. Uh, uh, the, the cap, there was no cap. I had to dock it two points for that. <laughs> you know, the fill level was easy to tell because I could kind of press that little piece of the can down and like, okay, it's it's like a two, three millimeters below the top of the can. So that's, that's good. So uh, totally was good fill. Uh, aroma, I got uh, medium bready, medium toast, uh, very clean and inviting, low to medium spicy hops, uh, no esters, no off aromas, kind of a, a low pills malt also, really wonderful aroma, 10 out of 12. Uh, appearance, 3 out of 3, it's crystal clear. Uh, this is another can. I actually finished the first can this afternoon. Oh, that's a uh, glass, so can- Brian, that's not a can. Well, I, I, I finished the entire can. Uh, what can I say? 
I opened the second can. So you can probably, it's hard to see with the reflection of the screen here, but it's, it is crystal clear. Uh, it's like a light golden color. Uh, head is medium and persistent. Again, three out of three. Uh, the flavor uh, the pill starts off with Pils malt at a medium level. Uh, the flavor is not quite as complex as the aroma and doesn't have really the toasty or the breadiness, but it's really not supposed to. And I'll do, I wrote on both sides of the sheet, which one of our local judges is famous for doing a shout out to Roger for teaching me how to write on both sides of the, the score sheet. Uh, when you read the fest beer style guidelines, the fest beer flavor isn't supposed to be as complex as the aroma. And I don't know what kind of weird German alchemy this is that you put these uh, malts in and you get that aroma, but not the flavor. But that's what happened here. You have some of the toast and breadiness in the flavor, but that's primarily what the aroma is and not really primarily what the flavor is. Uh, so that well, well done. Uh, I get like a, uh, a, light, a light toast bread crust. Uh, there is a firm of moderate bitterness to balance. Uh, it's not, I, I think at a level where I'd say goes over the balance, but it's like right up to balancing with the malt. Uh, and it's maybe a little bit too high as far as bitterness goes, just by a, a tad looking at the guidelines, but not so much as to you know, be something that you know, throws you totally out of style. Finish is pleasant, uh, long, and balanced. Uh, it's well attenuated. Uh, I get a low kind of spicy floral hop flavor. Uh, 15 out of 20 for flavor. Mouthfeel, five out of five, medium body, no warming. Uh, medium carbonation, definitely on the creamy side with no astringency. Uh, and overall impression, I gave it a nine for a total of 42. I think this is a really amazing beer. I, I've had commercial fest beer I have not liked as well as this. And in fact, it's generally not one of my favorite styles. You know, if I'm going to drink like a German darker beer, I want more like a, a, a Merzen or like a full-on, you know, Bach, Doppelbach, something like that typically, or something more like a Pilsner. Uh, and I, I find a lot of American fest beers, whether commercial or homebrew, just tend to be kind of blah or old or cardboardy or something. And this is just a really wonderful example. Uh, extremely well-crafted, well-made. Uh, if I had anything to offer to change, I might back off the bitterness just a little bit, like maybe 10%, right? Not much at all, because this is so. This is just so up there right now. You're already well up in the middle of the excellent range at 42. So, Really well done, and if you do rebrew it sometime, please send us more. I'll, I'll take four or five, maybe six. Yes. <laughs> Brian's here putting orders in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cooper. Cooper, do you do? All right. So, yeah, well, I poured mine a while ago, but the head's died down here. But in uh, the nose, uh, it's cleanly malty. It has a, let's say a medium light, toasty quality, medium low sulfury note no obvious esters um it's clean and inviting there's no dms or diacetyl just you know nicely lagered here you can't really uh, fault it for anything much at all there um there's a spicy hop coming through at a medium low level it's it's bright there's you know no acid aldehyde uh it does have a slightly biscuity quality to the malt which is, is okay to the style too and kind of an interesting twist um Appearance-wise, it's brilliantly clear. 
um, had kind of a yellowish gold color uh, with a well-formed white head of mostly uh, smaller bubbles, and the retention was good. Um, yeah, like I said, this one's been poured. I let Brian yammer on for too long there. Um, <laughs> I'll talk as long as you'll let me, man. I was blah, 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 blah. That is 100% right. correct. Just try you to made, shut me up, man. You made some good points, and I was listening, and I agree with a lot of it. So mm. uh, in, the, in the flavor, it's cleanly fermented uh, lager profile here for sure. Uh, nicely done. And if you're just starting out doing lagers for several months, that's that's a, a good feat because, you know, it takes a few t- tries sometimes. And you have to wait for it. Um, I found that in the flavor, to me, uh, it came through maybe what what uh, Brian was perceiving as bitterness is what is coming through to me as a sh- more sharp, toasty character. I'm not getting a big bitterness per se, uh, but just the the edge of, of the beer is is more boldly uh, 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 toast than you know bread and light toast, which is what I would want for a a fest beer. You know, a fest beer they differentiate between. Oktoberfest and fest beer. And I think that for, you know, Oktoberfest, it's going to be a, a lot maltier than this. This is at a right level for um, the, the base malt and the flavors, but the, the, the toast sometimes uh, it's, it's, it's more restrained and the, and the kind of Munich flavors are a little more restrained in the, in the, uh, in the fest beer. It's lighter uh, in general, but um, you can delve into those two styles. It used to be just one combined style and you had to kind of accept all of them and, and interpret. But anyway, back to the, the flavor uh, and the finish, is, it's nice and dry. Um, the beer is balanced to the malt. Uh, the malt really lingers into the aftertaste. And, and to me, the beer should, the fest beer is something you want to quaff and, and you drink large quantities of in, in giant steins. And, um, to me, it's a this is a little slower drinker because it's it, it, it's a little bolder. The malt sticks around; it doesn't just dry off, and you want another sip, uh, like in a German beer hall, <laughs> which can be trouble. Uh, hops are, are low, just a little spicy note. That's fine. Uh, medium low bitterness is where I thought that fell. Um, it, it, there is some bitterness there, but it's not overpowering to me. Uh, Mouthfeel-wise, carbon dioxide is medium-high with a a real spritzy uh, carbon dioxide bite to it, Uh, and that's fine. It should have a little bit of a bite and and then dry off and go away. Uh, But yeah, just just the carbonation has to be there at a certain level uh, to hold up that head and keep it it happy. But uh, there's no warmth. It's fine there. Uh, Medium-bodied, no obvious astringency. Not quite as smoothly... Quaffable is hope for the style. It's just a little bit of a, little bit of a bite. I don't know if that it's it's bitterness or, yeah. There's there was no real astringency, so I think it's just the spritziness with, the you know again that probably just the, the malt, the toasty malt to me, uh, making it a little little less uh, of a, uh, a easy drinker. But it's it's a fine point. It's easy to drink. Don't worry. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, this is a very, very good version of a best beer. It's quite, quite clean. Uh, uh, excellent version, actually. Um, the higher CO two and the kind of slightly sharp quality of the malt pull it back just a little bit from the style to me. Um, I would back off on any any stronger kind of non-pills malts and perhaps work with the the water a bit to enhance the smoothness. 
Um, you know, maybe start, there could be some mineral that's accenting something in the malt and making it a little more biting. If you have too high of um, sulfates, you know, versus, I mean, it, it should have some, some sulfate in the water as, as the German, German water typically does. Um, but um, keep that restrained, not like a British bitter, you know. <laughs> um, the smoothness uh, will be enhanced a bit more if you do that. It's characterful and, and peppy and, and a little more peppy than expected, but it's still nicely uh, drinkable beer. And I don't know that I would say it's better as an Oktoberfest because it's a little heavier to me on the toast. Uh, I think I'd want more rich Munich flavors for the Oktoberfest. This one's in the right territory for sure. And I gave it a good score. I landed at a 38 on it myself. And uh, it's, a, it's an excellent beer. So uh, thank you for sharing. You know, it, it's interesting listening to you guys sort of, you know, ping pong back and forth because Fest beer, Oktoberfest, they are sort of very similar, I think. And I haven't refreshed my memory on these styles, but I get them confused in my head and I'm really smart. Okay. I'm like yeah. super smart. So if I can get them confused, <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, but you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it, it, it even sort of, uh, you know, when you, when you're, when you're learning about styles, Oktoberfest, Fest beer, they can kind of run together um, for me anyway. But, um, and this beer it, for me was sort of in, in the middle. It, it wasn't really, it, it wasn't really defined one way or the other. However, if you walked into any brew pub and ordered their fest beer or their Oktoberfest, and this is what you got, you would be stoked because, yeah. because what 80% of craft brewers, in my opinion, can't fucking make a lager. They definitely can't 90% can't make a fest beer or an Oktoberfest. They can't do it. It's, it's a, it's more like an ale or it's a Meritzen hot, you know, really heavy kind of thing. This is, this is very light. Um, I think what Cooper's saying, I agree with that. It's maybe a little bit too heavy. I think on the body is what you're saying. Cooper? Um, not, not really heavy on the body. I mean, the, okay. the body the was malt? kind of medium, okay. but just um, heavy on the toastiness and the yeah. kind of the, the spritziness, the kind of biting quality. Yeah. And I think it might, might be a, a, a mineral thing, but also like to balance the malt. It's, it's definitely malt balanced. You can, you can bring up hop flavors a little bit and we get a fresh one in Germany. There's definitely some hop to it there. It's not a, you know, it's not an IPA by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> but it's, it, there's, you know, hops in there and malt and it goes down nice and smooth and balanced. Yeah. I like um, the toasty yeah. of it too. I mean, I, I, I agree with uh, Brian Shar. This is a great, it's a great beer, Tyler. You did a very, very good job for your first time. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Thanks yeah. so much. Yeah. Keep working on that one and, 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 and perfect it and enter some competitions. Cause yeah, you could. You so could and do I, well I, with this. I cracked this, uh, the Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest and, and there are similarities. The, the Sierra Nevada is, is hoppier of course. Um, and you know, of course the carbonation is, is a lot higher. Um, but for me, the, 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 the malt, the flavors are still there. It's like, you can definitely tell that they're sort of aligned in that way. Um, but yeah, great beer. Yeah. Good stuff. Do you want to, uh, can you give us the recipe? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. And I'll, I'll kind of go through the rundown of the stats. It's actually a really easy recipe to brew. Uh, I guess probably like any German beer is, um, it's pretty straightforward, but I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll start from the top. Uh, that line was uh, 5.6 ABV, uh, 23 IBUs. And then it came in about seven SRM. The grist was 60% German pills, malt, 30% German Vienna, uh, 8% Karahel, and then 2% acidulated malt uh, to help out in the mash. 
Uh, and then for the hops, uh, I did first wort hop with Northern Brewer, and I was estimating uh, that addition to be 11 IBUs, uh, 50 minutes with Hollow Tower, and that was about nine IBUs, and then a 10-minute addition of Hollow Tower as well, and that was about three IBUs. Uh, the yeast, I used um, uh, the White Yeast Bavarian 2206, and that was uh, second generation pitch. So uh, kind of a fun story about that. I, I had a, a packet of that yeast that was over a year old, uh, brewed one beer, well, built it up, brewed a really low ABV beer with it, and then used that yeast to, to make this beer here. Um, and then the mash schedule was, um, I wanted to go uh, quite German, so I, um, I apologize for my pr uh, German pronunciation here, but it, the, the Hochkertz mash schedule, um, which came in at 145 uh, Fahrenheit for 20 minutes. Then I, stepped I believe that's called Hochkertz. <laughs> I, I believe there's a Bavarian prince somewhere that might weigh in on pronunciation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Carry on. I, <laughs> I, I don't have that at all. So uh, yeah. appreciate the help there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, 158 for 45 minutes and then uh, mash out at 170. Cool. So was there a reason you used Northern Brewer, which is kind of an English hop, uh, other than that you may have just had it around? I mean, it tasted really good. I think it's a good combination, but what, what drove you to try the Northern Brewer? You nailed it on the head. It was uh, lying around. I had extra of it, <laughs> and uh, I didn't have any German Magnum or um, yeah. you know, any other strong uh, alpha hops, so I, I just chose that one. And it is, you know, it's it, for bittering, it, it isn't necessarily quite as critical, but now that you've said Northern Brewer, I'm starting to think getting a little bit i started to think anchor steam in my head it's not but you know what i mean i, I get maybe I, I, I can definitely taste the northern brewer now that i know it's there yeah i i know what i know what you're saying brian i know what you're saying if you can get like a super fresh anchor steam yeah and then you look past all the kind of earthy northern brewer heavy and yeast yeah. heavy thing, like 40%. I'll give you 40%. Yeah. And I'm not saying this tastes like anchor steam, but I'm no. saying there's like that, that there's a little bit of that earthy, northern, Rustic. earthy, woody, northern brewer you get that really, I think, complements. I would never have occurred to me to do this, but I think it really complements the toasty, uh, bread crusty flavor of this beer. Try this with some some fresh holler tower or, or you know uh, some tetong or you know whatever you can get your hands on that that smells you know fresh and good. Um, but yeah, it's a good good base recipe on the uh, the malts. Uh, yeah, maybe lighten up the the Vienna a little bit, but the, you know seems like the uh, acidulated was helping you there, so that's cool. No problem there. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of my thought is maybe um, <laughs> ratchet down the Vienna a little bit by 5% and, and kind of fill that in with the pills. So that way it, it uh, backs off of that toasty malt character that you guys were calling out. Um, and, and just see how that, that goes. It hit me more than it did Brian, I think. But also, what was your water? You just use your own um, filtered water or what do you have there down in Mesa? Uh, well, actually, so I, I brewed this in Minneapolis when I lived there, um, <laughs> uh, and I had a, I have an RO filter at home, so, um, I just make RO water and then build it up from there. Okay. Um, but the, the calcium was at 59, the sulfate was at 46 and the chloride was at 71. So it was heavier on the chloride, um, than the sulfite to help bring out and pronounce the, the, the multi flavors in the beer. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like it should work well. Yeah, all, yeah, not, all not in a good high. range. Yeah. 
Good. Who's knocking on the table? <laughs> I've made, I stepped back. I'm not touching anything. Yeah. That's funny. All right. It's, um, the, it's the, the skeletons, I guess. Uh, look, we all have skeletons in our backyard, man. Uh, Tyler, do you have any other questions for the boys? Uh, not really. Actually, I'm you know, really happy. Uh, I was kind of afraid to send it into uh, Dr. Homebrew because I didn't know what to expect. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you, were, if you were here, we would put you in the dunk tank. <laughs> you're not because you're oh. you're afraid because you're scared to come out so yeah. i get it it's fine yeah we'd no, have a tub right. of slime that's going to come out of the ceiling yeah. or something yeah it'd be yeah. Yeah. actually it's going to come to yeah. the bottom of the chair and then, uh, <laughs> we're working we're redesigning the studio so once this thing is over and we can open up slime slime through the yeah. chair that's what we're having that's what's happening i i, I can't wait I, I guess one thing that I, <laughs> I can neither can we yeah i'll have to make a special trip up there for you but um <laughs> one one question it was my first time canning um and so how did and obviously I, I mailed it to you guys so how did the beer hold up in the cans um you know i'm just so used to bottling and, and that that counter pressure process being easier to uh I guess, to, to be consistent. Um, what was your thoughts with the, the presentation of the can, the beer in the can? I, personally, I thought it was fine. I mean, it maybe could have used a little more spritzerino, but um, I think it's fine. I think it tastes good. It was good. great. Uh, the, the, the packaging was nice. The, the, the you know, the surrounding uh, uh, plastic covered foam and the, you know, all, and the, the, the cooler, you know, you kept it chilled in the box there. So that was good. Right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, no oxidation. You know, it's. Uh, I thought you know it, it traveled real well, and it was comparable to you know well packaged bottle as far as how it got here. So good job. Yeah. So you're just yeah you're you're foaming over and then just pushing that cap down on the foam and sealing it right. I mean crimping it. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, and it, it's tough to kind of dial that in um, the first couple of tries. Probably just like with bottling, um, just to make sure that you maintain that that fill level. Uh, to yeah. acceptable like you know beer can can beer level, but um, once you dial it in, it's uh, it goes pretty quick. Yeah, nice. yeah, a lot of people like it. That's cool. Yeah. Well what done. Of, what kind of um, uh, sealer crimper or whatever do you have? What is it? What's it called? Uh, it's the cannular. So I cannular. I got it got it for more beer. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Yeah, I didn't know that beforehand, everybody. So don't worry, wasn't a setup. <laughs> uh, hey, Tyler, tell me about the canning system, please. <laughs> Those are the folks that were exhibiting at the last homebrew con we could actually go to in person, right? Or is uh, that somebody different? I, I think that was a, the American Seamer. Uh, okay, and okay. It was it a big like flywheel where you turned and? Yeah. I mean, it's been so long ago. I mean, yeah. it's interesting to me. There's now more than one homebrew canner that you can buy. It's not just like one company making like a handful that are one off. There's like sort multiple companies making homebrew cans. This is insane. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird, crazy time to be a homebrewer right now with yeah. the, the disposable income. Has, <laughs> has homebrewing passed us by? Are we just old? Are we too old school to be all so impressed with cans and canning and stuff? Yeah. Back in my day, we just had oxidized, we drank it out of the bucket. I don't know. <laughs> we found bottles in the garbage back behind a bar. We had to, we had to clean them out with Five Star. That's right. And they were clean because we used Five Star. Absolutely. <laughs> um, all right, Tyler. Um, I'll let you split if that's it, man. Yeah. I uh, really appreciate all the feedback, guys. Yeah, no yeah. sweat. Thanks. Yeah, 
Thank you very much. Yes, send some more whenever you want, man. We're here. All right. Thanks, brother. And yeah, people that do want to send more can send uh, an email to Brian at the Brewing Network.com and get on our little show here. Just That's like Brian with, with four eyes, right? Uh, yeah. Brian. We're looking Brian. for a few good beers. <laughs> the skeletons just fell off. Oh, wow. They really do uh, want to be there, man. I don't know. Like, um, they nice. made it through almost the entire show, man. That was pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Let's take a quick break, everybody. We'll come right back and we're going to end this show. Uh, this is Dr. Homebrew. Hang on. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. Now serving patient number 189. Number 189 to the counter, please. Now back to Dr. Homebrew. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Thanks a lot for sticking around. Uh, so we heard from Tyler and we heard uh, from Mark. Yes. Mark. I don't know why I kept thinking it was like Marcus and I was going to totally screw it up. He's been on the show like six myself. times now. Yeah, I don't know. I Dude, I don't He's know. He's going to be on the next show. I don't know. I just, I'm just, <laughs> what do you want to do? Lie? Call him Marcus on the next show and see what I, happens. Yeah, I'm horrible with names. I, I understand that. <laughs> I want him to reach through the internet and grab me. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Overall, I think these are good beers. I can't get over this fast beer, first of all. I think that's, I think it was pretty yeah. good. I mean, for a first yeah. time, I don't remember a first time brewing any beer that I was happy with. And maybe it's it me or maybe because I suck or maybe it's both. Maybe my, my mental disease just is like nothing's ever going to be good enough. But, uh, I mean, I would have been happy with this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is really, this is really, really good. I, I've had com- – I'm not kidding when I said I've had commercial examples that aren't as good as this. Yeah, well, for sure. And, it, you know, it's funny because uh, Kim Shimke, right, our social mm-hmm. media, uh, you know, 
fanatic. She just posted something on her stories or whatever on for Instagram. It was like, what craft beer phenomena do you hate or whatever? What drives you crazy about craft beer or something like that? And at first, of course, I wrote back you. Uh, and then Rebecca an honest one, which was the the amount of loggers that aren't loggers in craft beer. Yeah. Fucking pisses me off. That fast logger bullcrap has ruined loggers to the point where I didn't, I didn't trust them for a while. And then now people are, I think are starting to sort of like come around back to like, you, you got to do a proper loggering and, and this sort of tastes like that. And, and that's what I really appreciate the most. It's like that, that flavor, man, that you cannot replicate unless you do the thing. It's just like the coction mashing. I mean, you can sort of skip around it or whatever, but you're not really going to fully replicate it unless you actually do the process. There are some things in yeah. home. That's what's great about home brewing. You can, you can cut corners, but unless you, there are some parts of it where unless you do the thing, it's never going to be the same. Sounds like I the honestly, means of a philosophy experiment. Mm. Yeah, maybe they've already done it where you just like take melanoid and malt and then do an actual decoction. I know they've know? done it. And like, and you know, the thing about those, whenever we, we used to do this on the show and have uh, Marshall on the show, it's like, I, I could just, I, I know what, the, I could find the difference. So maybe yeah. it's me. And maybe I'm I, I, I'm not accepting enough of, of other beers. I don't know. Now, you know what I think I it is, know. is I, I, I firmly believe that if you do the fast lager method, the way that it's supposed to be done, uh, that you'll get 90, 95% of the way to lager. No. But I think most people that try fast lager, whether at home or in a professional brewery situation, try to fast, fast lager. They try to even cut corners off of that, or especially at home, maybe you're not having process control enough to even do that properly. So then it ends up being like half a lager and then it's just not good. Yeah. Well, for me, I think you can get 60% of the way there. I don't think you can get 995. The other part of it is I think when they try to, to like AB test it where they go, well, here's, excuse me, here's a lager. Here's a fast lager. Let's combine them. I don't think they can lager very well. Already they can't lager very well. So you can't test it based on lagering versus not lagering. So you're kind of just like, yeah. well, let's just throw it out. That's, That's an interesting know. point because if, you're, if, if your A-B test is, quote, contaminated by A or B not being what it's supposed to be, right. then, yeah, that's going to be – it's not a, not a good A-B test then. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I didn't mean to end the show like that, but uh, – you didn't mean no. to end the show with a JP rant about a thing you didn't like? I guess I did. I mean, I guess I did. <laughs> <laughs> Come um, on, man. That's, yeah. that's why people listen to this show. They want to hear you talk about what you don't like. Is it? Yeah. I feel like they listen to the show because they have nothing to fall asleep to. Yeah, there's that. Um, all right, everybody. Yeah. Thanks a lot for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks a lot to our, our sponsor, Five Star. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com. Check them out. Support them. They've been uh, supporting the show since pre-day one. And uh, we, we really appreciate it. We wouldn't be doing the show without them. So uh, show them some love and uh, show all our sponsors some love, too. I know it's a really hard time right now, uh, but everybody needs uh, support. And if you can support us, the Bring Network, or our sponsors, and, and let them know that you heard about them through the Bring Network, that would mean the world to us. So thank you very much, everybody. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later.